Hello, listeners. You are listening to the What I'm Cooking for Dinner podcast. What I'm Cooking for Dinner is a food podcast focused on simple ingredients, family cooking, and cooking on a budget. Each week, I discuss the challenges of cooking for a family and how I manage to put dinner on the table with as little drama as possible. I don't shy away from talking about the mistakes that I make, recipes that work or don't work for me and why, and how I adapt ready-made products into healthy, well-balanced, and tasty meals. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at what I'm cooking for dinner. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash what I'm cooking for dinner. And we actually have a newsletter that is coming out. The first one came out last Sunday. And if you would like to sign up for that, you can head on over to our website and find the link there. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing rainbow carrot fritters with whipped blue cheese, miso maple glazed rainbow carrots, crushed peas with burrata, greens, and olives, chickpea salad with whipped goat cheese and date miso tahini dressing, lemonade and sparkling pineapple green tea with yuzu hot sauce mocktails, warm lentil salad with bacon vinaigrette, and Thai basil sesame cashew chicken with coconut rice. We're going to be focusing a lot on how to utilize leftovers in this episode. So it's a little bit more focused on just grabbing things out of your refrigerator and making something from it. All right, so let's get started with the rainbow carrot fritters. This is a recipe from The Clever Meal, and this is grated rainbow carrots that are mixed with egg, flour, and spices, and then baked in the oven, served with whipped blue cheese. Uh, These would probably be even better if you did them in an air fryer. I don't have an air fryer, uh, but just keep that in mind that this would probably be a great recipe for the air fryer. Okay, so the ingredients are a half pound of carrots grated. Now I use the large holes on my box grater. You probably wanna go with using the smaller holes on your box grater. If you're using a box grater, you can also use uh, the attachment for your food processor that has the grating holes. I don't have that anymore, so I just use box grater. A small egg, four tablespoons of all-purpose flour, one garlic clove grated, a teaspoon of cumin, two tablespoons of coriander leaves, that's cilantro, a half teaspoon of fine salt, and an eighth of a teaspoon of black pepper. I use a little bit more black pepper. I left out the cilantro or coriander leaves because I didn't have any, and I don't like cilantro very much, but I understand how it goes here in this recipe. So what you're going to do for making these is you are going to preheat the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you have a convection oven, this is the place to use it and grease or line a baking pan with parchment paper. And in a bowl, you're going to mix all the ingredients together until combined. And you want to make sure that you get rid of the excess moisture in your grated carrots before you mix everything together. And then you're going to take about a heaping tablespoon of the mixture and place it onto the baking pan and then flatten it slightly with your hand. Bake the fritters for about 12 minutes, then turn them over and keep baking them for a further 12 minutes or until golden and crispy. Now, when I did this, I didn't see that direction where it says to cook for another 12 minutes. And so I kept wondering, like, why aren't my fritters getting crispy? And it's because I wasn't reading the recipe all the way. So make sure that you read the recipe all the way and you cook it for that further 12 minutes to make sure that they get golden and crispy. Now this, they tasted really nice, especially with the whipped blue cheese. Now here's the recipe for the whipped blue cheese. 
So it's four ounces of mascarpone cheese. You can use cream cheese. Four ounces of blue cheese. I used the Crater Lake Blue from Royal Creamery. I used this in another recipe uh, the previous week. I used it on the broccoli tarts with blue cheese and hot honey. So I needed to use some of that blue cheese up before it went bad. So I thought it would be great in a whipped blue cheese. Four tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil and two tablespoons of whipping cream. This is so easy to put together. So you just add your blue cheese, the mascarpone cheese and olive oil and a salt and pepper you're gonna use. And then process it until it's very creamy and smooth. And then add in your whipping cream and mix well. You wanna use this pretty much the day of because what will happen is this will essentially turn into whipped blue cheese butter in your refrigerator, uh, which is great. You can use it on toast, but if you want it to be the whipped blue cheese spread, you need to use it the day of. And I thought that this went really nicely with the carrot fritters. I thought that the blue cheese worked really nicely up against the flavor of the carrots, you know, cause I was like thinking about how, you know, when you get buffalo wings, you get carrots with them and then you get the blue cheese dressing and I'm like carrots blue cheese they go really nice together i thought that they were they were really good you could also eat the fritters with hummus you could make a yogurt dip there's a lot of things that you could have it with i just wanted to make this whipped blue cheese and uh, the carrots were kind of an excuse to make that all right so next up we have the miso maple glazed carrots from just one cookbook and I love Just One Cookbook. It is a great resource for Japanese and Japanese-inspired recipes. So here's the ingredients. One pound of carrots. I used rainbow carrots. A tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil. A quarter teaspoon of kosher salt. Freshly ground black pepper. And then for the glaze, it's one tablespoon of maple syrup. One tablespoon of miso. I used white miso in this recipe. You could use whatever miso that you have on hand and then a half a teaspoon of soy sauce, and then an optional garnish of fresh thyme, which I did use. I did not make any adaptations to this recipe, and it was amazing. I love these carrots so much. The glaze caramelized on the outside and got a little bit crunchy, and that was really nice up against the creamy interior of the carrots, so the sweetness of the carrots played really well with the saltiness of the miso and the maple together. It was just so good. I know that people have made uh, carrots with maple a lot and adding that miso in there just really balances things out. The thyme adds a little bit of herbaceousness. I thought it was excellent. I wouldn't make any changes to her recipe. It is perfect. Such a good way to use carrots. I loved it so much. So to cook these, what you're going to do is you're going to want to preheat your oven to 425 degrees Fahrenheit and arrange a rack in the middle of the oven. And then you're going to want to mix together the tablespoon of maple syrup, the tablespoon of miso, and the half teaspoon of soy sauce. Peel your carrots and then cut them into uniform slices. This is important because you want everything to roast evenly and uh, together at the same time. I had some that were a little bit smaller than others and I ended up having to pull ones out earlier than, I, uh, than some of the other ones. And so if you can get them as uniform as possible, you can skip that. Place the carrots in a single layer on a ruined baking sheet lined with parchment paper. Makes it so much easier for cleanup. I'm still trying to work on how to replace parchment paper without necessarily using silpats. And if the carrots are too closely together, they're not gonna roast, they're gonna steam and they're not gonna get caramelized, okay? So if you don't have enough room on your baking sheet, just get another baking sheet or use a bigger one. 
Then you're gonna drizzle with olive oil and sprinkle salt and pepper. You're gonna kind of toss them together, make sure that they're seasoned and place them in the oven and bake for 20 to 30 minutes. I did 30 minutes and you wanna rotate halfway through. That's not only rotating the baking sheet, but you also might wanna flip your carrots as well so that one side doesn't get more roasted and caramelized than the other. Then you're gonna remove the carrots from the oven and you're gonna brush the maple and miso mixture over the carrots and then flip over and then coat the other side and then put in the back in the oven to finish cooking for about five more minutes and then remove from the oven and serve warm and garnish with the thyme if you want to. Like I said, this was perfect. I didn't need to make any changes. Go check this recipe out, make it, and you're gonna love it. If you're not a person who likes cooked carrots, I dare you to make this recipe and enjoy eating cooked carrots. Okay, next up we have crushed peas with burrata and black olives from Nothing Fancy by Allison Roman. All right, so this calls for a quarter cup of oil cured black olives or Castel Veltrano olives. I don't even know what those second ones are. I just used the Callum olives that were in my fridge. Um, you can use any olive that you like here. If you don't like olives, I would recommend maybe using anchovies here or capers. You want something that has and saltiness that the olives are going to bring. You could also maybe even do preserved lemon if you have those around. Just anything that's going to provide that salty, briny punch to the dish. A third of a cup of olive oil, two cups of fresh peas. Um, I ended up using thawed frozen peas here. So most of the time, unless you are getting your peas straight from the farmer's market or your backyard, frozen peas are going to be better because once they are picked, they are flash frozen. They're going to be at their peak ripeness. Whereas the fresh peas that you get are probably going to have traveled a while. They're not going to be as fresh. And so the frozen ones are actually going to be better. They're cheaper. I always have frozen peas around in my, in my freezer. So this is a great use for peas. Two tablespoons of freshly glutted lemon zest and kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper. I committed culinary sacrilege here and I used already ground black pepper because peppercorns are expensive and I wanted to refill my pepper grinder. I couldn't just find peppercorns. I had to buy a whole other grinder and I don't want to have to buy a whole other grinder when I already have one. Albertsons just didn't have whole peppercorns when I went last time. Three cups of spicy greens like mustard greens or arugula. I used the arugula that was hanging out in my fridge. Uh, a cup of fresh mint leaves. Oh my gosh, so this is so much mint. A cup of mint is a lot of mint leaves. And I ended up only using about a third of a cup of mint leaves because my mint plant doesn't produce that much mint. I am picking my mint fresh from a plant and it does not produce that much. Uh, it is a house plant, it's inside. A third of a cup was just fine. Two tablespoons finely chopped fresh chives. Yeah, I just left this out. I didn't have chives. I wasn't gonna go out of my way to buy chives. A half a cup of fresh parsley. So this was also more like a third of a cup because, well, my parsley plant doesn't produce that much parsley. So I just used what I had left. It was fine. Two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice and then two balls of burrata cheese. And you could also use fresh mozzarella here or even a soft goat cheese I think would work here, but the burrata was just kind of was heavenly. It was so good. And you can find it at a grocery store like Trader Joe's. I'm not sure if they have it at a store like Albertsons. I know that it's become more popular and more, more available 
recently, so they might have it now at a grocery store like Albertsons or Safeway instead of a specialty store like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. Uh, you could use fresh mozzarella, which they do have at Albertsons or Safeway or one of your just kind of regular grocery stores. So what you're going to do is you're going to combine the olives and olive oil in a small bowl. So this step to me felt really unnecessary. To streamline this, just add the olives and the olive oil to the salad later without getting out another bowl. This recipe calls for so many unnecessary bowls. I don't have that many bowls. As much as I can streamline the amount of dishes that I make and this amount of steps that I do, you don't need to combine the olives and olive oil in a bowl. I, I, I don't really know what this is adding to this dish. So place half of the peas in a medium bowl, crush them up, add the remaining half, and then add lemon zest and season with salt and pepper. I didn't read this direction correctly, and I just did all of them at once. Some got crushed, some didn't. Okay, I added my salmon zest, I seasoned it with salt and pepper, good to go. Then you're gonna toss your greens, your mint, your chives if you're using, parsley and lemon juice together in another medium bowl and season with salt and pepper. Then you're gonna tear the burrata into pieces and arrange it on a large serving platter, scatter the crushed peas on and around the burrata, and top with the olive mixture, followed by the greens and herb mixture. And I have to say, I love this. I thought this was so good. It was so fresh, so green. I loved the mint. I love the parsley and the arugula. So like the pepperiness of that with the mint and the green of the peas, the sweetness of the peas with the briny, salty olives. I really love that. And then you've got that creamy, just really mellow burrata cheese. I thought that this was a great dish. I think it could be made even better by adding maybe some grilled shrimp or some scallops would be really nice in there. I, I just really, I did really, really like this, especially because I thought it was really easy to adapt to the ingredients that I had on hand. I didn't really feel like it was necessary for me to go out and get fancy olives. I didn't feel like it was necessary for me to go out and get more mint or more parsley or chives. I just used what I had on hand and it turned out great. I want to kind of play around with this more and try out different combinations, different olives, different herbs, different greens. I think it could be a really good mainstay salad in our house. The kids surprisingly didn't like the cheese all that much. They mostly just wanted to eat the peas and the olives out of the salad, which I'm perfectly happy with. Eat the greens, that's good. Uh, but I was really surprised they didn't like the cheese all that much, but maybe it was because it's a rather bland, kind of soft, creamy cheese, but usually they like that, so I don't know. This might also really be really good with some orzo pasta added to it um, or other kinds of pasta would be good. We served it with ravioli on the side. We used the lemon ricotta ravioli from Trader Joe's. I think this would go with a lot of different things as a side dish or if you want to add some chicken or some shrimp or some scallops or other meat or seafood to it, I think that that would be really good. All right, so next up we have the chickpea salad with whipped goat cheese and date miso tahini dressing. So this isn't quite a recipe and it's more of a mix of items that I kind of had hanging out in my refrigerator. So I defrosted some chickpeas that I had in the freezer. I made these a few weeks ago with a recipe from Smitten Kitchen called a really great pot of chickpeas. And I used half of them up at the time. I made that recipe and then I put the other half in the freezer for use later because chickpeas freeze very, very well. 
So then I hard-boiled the eggs and I do the method where you put the eggs in the pot, cover with the water and then bring to a boil. Once it comes to a boil, I remove it from the heat, cover and let sit for 12 minutes. This is the method that I have found works for me. The eggs always come out cooked all the way. The whites aren't rubbery, the yolks aren't overcooked. And then once those 12 minutes are up, put the eggs in an ice bath and peel when ready. And then you're gonna whip the goat cheese with a couple tablespoons of whipping cream, sort of like we did with the blue cheese. And then I cut up the olives and added arugula. So for the date miso tahini dressing, I adapted a recipe from the site Tasty Thrifty Timely. And instead of using maple syrup, I used date syrup, which I bought at Trader Joe's. And I was really excited to try out because I've never used it before. So we have one tablespoon of miso paste. I use my white miso. You could use whatever miso you have available. Two tablespoons of warm water, a quarter cup of tahini. And if you're not familiar, tahini is sesame paste. Two tablespoons of lemon juice, three teaspoons of maple syrup, or in my case, I use date syrup. And here's the instructions. You're going to dissolve the miso in the warm water first, and then you're going to add all the rest of your ingredients. So it's really simple. My thing with this was that I didn't feel like the date syrup really made that much of a difference. I don't think that it was any better than with maple. I think it's actually better with the maple syrup. The date syrup has a slightly reddish hue to it, so it made the sauce look kind of unappetizing. Like it looks okay in photographs, but in real life it was not the most appetizing color to eat. To eat. I just really felt like the date syrup just didn't bring anything all that interesting. Uh, and it's a specialty item, so go ahead and use that maple syrup that you have, okay? You could probably even use honey here too. Uh, use whatever kind of liquid sweetener that you want, and I think I, those will work. Okay, and so to, to put the salad together, I put the chickpeas on the bottom, then I added the greens, added the olives and the hard-boiled eggs and the cheese, kind of just popped it around the plate, and then I, pour, I put the dressing on top and then also had it on the side. This was a really decent salad that I just put together at the end of the day from things that I had hanging out in the fridge. Salads are such a great way to use up leftovers. You know, in last week's episode, I talked about how you making uh, tarts is a really great way to use up the bits and ends of vegetables. Same thing with salads. You can just look in your fridge and be like, oh, I have a couple of leftover, you know, green beans. Okay, chop those up and put them in there. I have some frozen veggies that need to be used up. I've got some leftover beans hanging out. Put it in, put it all together in a salad. It'll probably make something halfway decent. And if you want to add a little bit more protein, eggs are a great way to go. I'm going to be sharing a recipe in just a few minutes about whether I used a poached egg. So either one of those would work really well, I think, on just kind of a leftover salad. This next one is a recipe for a beverage. I think this is my first time sharing a beverage recipe, and I'm gonna be calling this a spicy pineapple lemonade mocktail. So I don't drink alcohol, so I'm kind of always looking for fun, refreshing beverages that are not alcoholic. And this was inspired by someone's post from the Trader Joe's subreddit where they mixed yuzu hot sauce with fresh lemonade, and the fresh lemonade from Trader Joe's is very good. And I thought that sounded delightful. And so I wanted to add the pineapple green tea sparkling beverage to mine because I love these canned pineapple green tea beverages. 
and I thought it made it even better. So I did half lemonade, half pineapple green tea, and half teaspoon of yuzu hot sauce. And you end up with a spicy, tangy, bubbly beverage that's super refreshing, would be great on a hot summer's day. I bet it would be, it'd be really great with tequila in it if you drink alcohol. I think it would be great for that, but it's also just really, really good on its own. Okay, next up, we have the warm lentil salad with bacon vinaigrette. So this is steamed lentils with spinach cooked in the leftover bacon fat, bacon vinaigrette, quick pickled red onions, mascarpone cheese, and a poached egg with crushed pistachios, green and red hatched chili flakes, and smoked paprika. While the salad wasn't perfect, um, it was absolutely delicious. I had a package of steamed lentils from Trader Joe's. You could also make your own lentils. Uh, you're going to want to use black lentils here or green lentils. You're not going to want to use red lentils. Uh, those are going to break up too much. You want the lentils that are going to keep their shape. I had some quick pickled red onions left over from when I made black bean burgers and just a little bit of mascarpone cheese. And I'm like, hmm, what can I make? So I decided to make this uh, lentil salad. And I wanted to really try making a bacon vinaigrette because bacon and lentils go so well together, especially with spinach. And so here's the recipe for that bacon vinaigrette. So you're gonna have four strips of thick cut bacon and you're gonna wanna dice those into small cubes, three cloves of garlic, three tablespoons of maple syrup or honey. I used maple syrup, three tablespoons of Dijon mustard, a quarter cup of apple cider vinegar, a teaspoon of coarse ground black pepper, a teaspoon of kosher salt, and that's it. So you're gonna cook your bacon, you wanna render out the fat, you want to make it crispy, and when it's done cooking, remove it from the pan and let it drain. Then add your garlic to the pan, and then add the rest of the remaining dressing ingredients, bring the mixture to a boil, and let it cook for one minute, okay? It should coat the back of the spoon once it reaches the right stage. And then you're just going to mix it all together, right? Okay, so it was really good. My only thing was that I did not dice my bacon small enough. You want it, I think, just really, really smart, finely chopped, uh, just to make sure that you're not left with like big chunks of bacon. And it was the perfect accompaniment for those lentils. Pickled red onions added the acidity and a little bit of a bite. My kids love pickled red onions. They will pull them out and then suck on them and then chew them. They love them. I, I, I am very surprised by this, but they're, they're, they turned out really good and they were perfect in this dish. And I had a little bit of mascarpone cheese uh, left over. And so I just kind of put that on there and add a little bit of creaminess. You can skip it. And then I put a poached egg on there so that I had a little bit of protein. And I wanted to try out the green and red hatched chili flakes that I had and give it a little bit of heat and the smoked paprika added a little bit of smokiness. Crushed pistachios gave it a little bit of crunch and richness. And it was just a dish that was full of flavor and full of different textures and just a really fun way to use up those leftovers that were hanging out in my fridge. Okay, we are now on our last recipe, which is the Thai basil sesame cashew chicken from Half-Baked Harvest. You can find that recipe over on that website. I pretty much followed the recipe, but I did make some substitutions with the vegetables because I didn't have the bell peppers and I wanted to use some of the frozen vegetables that I had in my freezer. Uh, so we really, really loved this dish. It was sweet, it was savory, and the chicken came out perfectly cooked. We really, really liked it. 
Uh, it also comes with, uh, we made it with coconut rice and that was really good. Uh, so my only slight criticism, and this is very, very slight, is that it looked, lacked a little bit of acidity and freshness. And this tends to be a common criticism I have of the recipes from this website is that they don't have enough acidity. Maybe I think I just like things really acidic and fresh. I don't know. Here's the ingredients for this recipe. Three tablespoons of sesame oil or extra virgin olive oil, a quarter cup of honey plus one tablespoon of honey, a half cup of raw cashews, a half teaspoon of chili powder, a half teaspoon of turmeric, a zest of one lime, one pound boneless skinless chicken thighs, one tablespoon of cornstarch, black pepper, half cup of low sodium soy sauce, one tablespoon of fish sauce, one to two tablespoons of chili paste, two tablespoons ketchup, two tablespoons of raw sesame seeds, four cloves of garlic, one fresh ginger, uh, one inch of fresh ginger grated. I just use the stuff from the grocery store in the tube. And then two red or orange bell peppers. I substituted here with frozen vegetable medley for the bell peppers because I don't like bell peppers and I'm not going to eat them. So I need some vegetables in there. I didn't buy them. So I just use the frozen vegetables that I had on hand. And then a cup of fresh Thai or regular basil. I'm not sure if I used a full cup. Um, I might have at that point. I had just bought a basil plant, but I just use regular basil here. But you could use Thai basil if you can find it. I don't know where I can find it where I live. So the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to make the cashews. So you're going to heat a tablespoon of oil, a tablespoon of honey, the cashews, chili powder, and turmeric in a large skillet over medium heat, and then cook until lightly toasted and caramelized about three to four minutes and then take them out of the skillet. Sprinkle with the lime zest and salt and then set aside. In a medium bowl, toss together the chicken, cornstarch, and a pinch of black pepper. And then to make the sauce, you're gonna combine the quarter cup of honey, soy sauce, fish sauce, chili paste, ketchup, and sesame seeds. And then making sure that your skillet is wiped clean, heat the remaining two tablespoons of oil over medium heat. And then when the oil is shimmering and very hot, add the chicken and brown all over until it becomes crispy. My chicken never it's okay. Um, it's still good, but um, I I don't really quite understand how you can make something crispy and then add a really wet sauce to it. Isn't that going to end up with something that's soggy? I don't know, but I am never able to get my chicken all that crispy uh, this way. And then you're going to add the garlic, the ginger, and the peppers or frozen vegetables or whatever vegetable you're using here, and then cook for another two to three minutes until your garlic is fragrant and then pour in that sauce and bring to a boil over medium high heat and cook until the, the sauce coats the chicken and it's going to be for about five minutes. Remove from the heat and stir in the basil and yeah and then serve it with the cashews and any additional basil if you want on top of coconut rice. This would probably also be good with some rice noodles or just regular rice. I, I thought it was a really really good dish the only thing that I would do would be maybe add some mint and perhaps some more, maybe some lime juice just to have a little bit more acidity because it was quite a sweet dish. I, I we really, really liked it. We ate everything. There was no leftovers. So this was definitely a winner for us. And I was happy to have a recipe from the website that tasted as good as it looked. All right. So to wrap things up, we did rainbow carrot fritters with whipped blue cheese, miso maple glazed rainbow carrots, crushed peas with burrata, greens, and olives, 
chickpea salad with whipped goat cheese and date miso tahini dressing, lemonade and sparkling pineapple green tea mocktail, warm lentil salad with bacon vinaigrette, and Thai basil sesame cashew chicken with coconut rice. Thank you for listening. This was the What I'm Cooking for Dinner podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at What I'm Cooking for Dinner. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can find us over at Buy Me a Coffee slash What I'm Cooking for Dinner. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you're listening to, please leave a review. It helps others find the podcast.